Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Jerry Petito Show on Remember Then Radio. Everyone out there who knows me knows I am the author of I'm Not an Addict, I'm Just an Ass. I'd rather be a smart ass than a dumb ass. Because, guys, 30 years ago, I was a dumb ass. But through God, I can honestly say now, 30 years later, I'm a smart ass. So I'm also a recovery coach and a nutritional health coach. If anyone out there is struggling, especially through these times now with health or addiction, I am here for you free of charge. Reach out to me, Jerry Petito. Having said that, guys, I have another incredible show for you. Um, I have a really cool guest, co-host, that he is no stranger to RTR. I'm going to introduce him, but then I'm going to let him tell you a little bit something about himself, and then he's going to introduce our superstar guest. Okay, Stevie Dunham. Stevie D, say hi. Hey, everybody. Remember the radio land. How you guys doing today? So tell everyone a little bit about you. Well, I'm a record producer. I'm a singer. I'm an author. I'm kind of like the jack of all trades in the uh, entertainment business, uh, Sands music business. Um, I've been in it for 33 years, and um, I've had the uh, pleasure of producing lots of great uh, records and CDs throughout my uh, tenure in the in the industry. And our special guest today is one of those uh, individuals that I had the pleasure of when I was a very young lad. And uh, we're going to have him uh, say a few words here in a second, and I'd like to introduce him right now. His name is Mike Miller. And Mike, welcome to the Jerry Petito Show. Thank you so much, and congratulations, Jerry, on all the good things that you do for people. I really applaud you, and uh, I can say that. How are you doing, Jerry? Good, sweetie. Yes, uh, we uh, talked about it and talked about it, and now we're doing it. Um, yeah, Stevie, Stevie, when we produced our uh, first project together, I was about, uh, you know, 35 years younger, and Stevie was about nine yeah, he was, but he was a quick learner, and he was doing a lot of good things at an early age. He had Crescent Records at that time, and he already had some of the greats of acapella, the greats of doo-wop, and I was thrilled to coordinate with him to do the actual first Harmony Street project, which was on cassette because we didn't have any CDs. So there you go. Yes, it was the biggest seller in my career, as it did, in fact. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it was great. That's uh, there was, This is a great line that I like to use here as an example, because this is what we used. Uh, Mike would do this at, on his live performances, because he'd make uh, live cassette tapes and sell them. He said, if you'd like to take us home with you tonight, we have these cassettes for sale after our show. And I thought that was such a great marketing tool to utilize when we put out this product. And totally during cool. that time period, the set tapes were still very uh, uh, tangent. So it made perfect sense because we had initially thought about doing a 45, but I said, let's do this. Let's, let's go to this approach and see what happens. Just wait people right after your show, plug them right into your into the car and they won't get enough right. of you until they go home. And, and then on and on after that. So it worked out really well. It, re- it really did. And I'm really proud of uh, that project. I really am. Yeah, we had fun. And it, and it lives on because, believe it or not, the Harmony Street Ballad has been heard on so many uh, doo-wop 
CD collections and compilations that it just staggers the imagination. Every time I turn around, I hear it on a different CD uh, with and without permission. <laughs> so I see, I see. But okay, wait, you said something I have to ask you about. Because, sure. all right, when when artists say without permission they did this, this is what I hear, and then I want to hear what that really means to you guys, okay? So what I hear is, oh my gosh, how cool. They're making you more famous. You know, if someone promoted my book without permission, I would love it. So what does that really mean to you guys? Well, I I agree with you that at this stage in the game, anytime they get to hear all the work that we put in over the 50, 55, 60 years, you know, with uh, uh, creations that we that we've done, I think it's a good thing. Earlier on, it was like, you know, uh, let me see the contract. Let me see how many pennies I'm getting for the record contract. Let's see what's going on. But at this stage, I just want a clear and clean house and have the things that I've done heard by people. Of course, we know that there are many producers and uh, record companies and people that uh, they just grab and grab. They put it out without permission and they figure, you know, you're not going to sue me because it takes so much money to sue somebody (laughs) to make the same amount of money back. You tell them, Steve. How do you feel about that? Well, I I feel frustrated and complimented at the same time. (laughs) I I, I found out recently that one of my tunes was bootlegged. Yeah, on a uh, on a Latin soul series, I saw it on YouTube, and I was like, "Wait a minute, I didn't authorize this." And then I'm thinking to myself, you know, if that's if that's the way it is, and people really enjoy it, yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not getting a royalty royalty check for it. But I mean, it, it is what it is. It isn't the first time this has happened to me either. And now I'm in that position after being in this business for a long time that I'm gonna probably start seeing more of that. And there's nothing that anybody can do about it because there isn't enough money. Like Mike said, you get an attorney at two hundred, three hundred dollars an hour to go after a few hundred dollars, if that. It's just useless. So, right. I mean, you really can't do anything about it. You know, it's it's unfortunate, but it would be great to have it legitimately played on the on airwaves, right. uh, terrestrial and uh, satellite and internet, where you do get uh, your royalty statements other than having it done another way where it's on some compilation that was unauthorized to begin with. So it, really, it does, it is frustrating and complimentary. That's how I look at it. Well, May West... You know, interestingly, really, uh, uh, and going along with this, uh, I was on YouTube, and all of a sudden I put in Harmony Street, and I wanted to see what was out there. And I noticed that there was a group from... Um, Upper New York that called themselves Harmony Street, and I clicked on it, and I said, you know what? They're pretty good. They were girls and guys as well, (laughs) and I I called the guy. I got a hold of this, and I said, you know, really, truly, you can't use the name. I said, and he said, yeah, I know. Emil Stuccio called me and told me the same thing. He said, Mike Miller has that name, and, you know, you can't do it. 
So what they did was, and I made a deal with them, I said, you guys are so good. I said, I don't want to see you shut it down. I said, because you really put a lot of time and effort into it. Why don't you call yourselves Harmony Street North or, or you know, just change it in a way that it doesn't bump into. And he was so thrilled. Oh. And uh, I, I think they broke up after a few years, but they were very good as well. Yeah, I had a recent conversation with Vito Pacone over a, a CD that came out in Europe on his demos and acapella, um, they were acapella demos is what they were. And, I, and Vito called me last week and we were talking about it because he didn't have a copy. He asked me if I knew how to get one. I said, let me do some research and I'll, I'll reach out because I did. And then I found out that the, the store that sells them in Spain is a, cust- is a client of mine. So I was able to get a couple of copies of it. But he, he was in the same position. He says, what kind of money money is he at? It's basically a bootleg. He says, I forgot about that stuff a long time ago. A million years ago, I forgot about it. So he says, really, I mean, there's nothing that I really want out of it other than my own copy. And a lot of, a lot of guys are saying groups that have, have been manipulated like this through the years have similar feelings. Some of them, a small percentage, have a little edge about it. Um, but the majority is they're just proud and happy that somebody remembered them. Well, I want to say, wait, I want to say this to you guys. You know, Mae West, of course. I don't know if Stevie D knows him, but, you you know, of course. She once said, and I stick to this, I'd rather be looked over than overlooked. I stick to that, baby. (laughs) So... Listen, no, honey, I'm not going to say that, but that's cute. Um, I want to give a shout out to a few people in the chat room, and then I'm going to play one of the songs. Um, So, of course, I want to say thank you to Angel and Steve, the owners of RTR, because this is an incredible platform keeping this music alive, the real music. And if it wasn't for RTR, we wouldn't be here right now, the three of us, right? Because we're all part of RTR. And um, they support me, too, as you know, that. You know, my Harmony Street yes. show is also there as well. Yes. And uh, they are fabulous people. We've broken bread together. We've uh, They came to see us at a show uh, many years ago. And at 2 o'clock in the morning, it was uh, myself, the gang, Larry Chance, eating uh, cheeseburgers at about 2 or 3 in the morning. So okay. it was memorable. And, and listen, oh, I... No, I so- I feel the same way. I feel the same way. I mean, Stevie D, right? Look at what they do for you as well. Well, I have, yes. Um, as a matter of fact, I owe a, a lot to both uh, Steve and Barbara. Um, um, this is my second radio show on the network. I did uh, one with Ramon Altamirano, the Street Corner Entertainment radio program. And now I'm doing a radio show with Peter Chacona, the Harmony Memories show, right. on Tuesdays at, at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, and they also say this, uh, they say, this is, remember in radio, um, this, uh, the voice is street corner entertainment. Yes. Which is great. Yes, they do. I heard it. Okay. Last night I heard it. So I want to, I want to yeah. give a shout out to others in the chat room. Um, I want to give a shout out of course to Kojak because come oh, on yeah. Kojak show is Monday nights, 8 PM. And, um, here, here's the thing. Yes. He promotes. All of us. I love you, yes, Kojak. So he's awesome. I want to say hello to Rebob. Okay, Babalu. And this is why. Because he is always the first one in that chat room hanging out. So I love right. you, Babalu. And 
Ken Brady from the original casinos. Then you can tell me goodbye, my good buddy. He is hanging out. And I want to thank Cindy, his wife, for getting him in the chat room because he doesn't know how to do it. But don't tell him I told you that. Okay? Well, let me tell you, let me tell you from the bottom of my heart, I guess you know that Ken and I sang together for many years. Um, and uh, we did do up stylings together and we did so many so many wonderful shows together and showcases and uh, we were attached at the hip we still are so yes. you know Kenny and I have gone a lot of miles together well Cindy Cindy did this for us because again oh I won't say it again but yes Ken Brady is in the chat room baby and I want to say hello well, I'd like to say this what? I'd like to say this in the regard I, I, I'm, I'm happy to know that they uh, beat COVID and yes, um, that's, that's, a, that's a wonderful. Thing. Yes. Amen to that. Amen to that. And we have Tony Belskis. He's another entertainer and um, I've interviewed him as well. He's in the chat room. Awesome. Awesome. And we've got Diane and we've got Karen. Hi guys. So there will be more, but I just wanted to get that out of the way because th they're always there, you know, promoting us and, and helping. And I just love them all. Um, and well, you know, there. Uh, Baba, uh, Baba Lou. He is one of my customers. Oh. He, he's got a 57 Chevy, and he has a CD player in it. He plays a lot of our, our stuff that he buys from us in that car. I didn't know that. Okay, cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's, uh, he should have received another CD that I sent to him uh, recently to, to play in his car. So that's well, a, it's all great. All right. He's, he's a big supporter. He's got a... He's got a uh, connect with me then other than uh in the chat room so everyone is saying hi to you guys okay um ken brady of course loves you and me and me and me all right anyway um <laughs> they're all saying hi so why don't we do this why don't we start with a song um the songs that you sent me are absolutely incredible but there's a reason why i'm gonna play this song first i believe Above the storm, the smallest prayer 
will still be heard We'll still be heard I believe that someone in this great somewhere Hears every word Hears every word Every time I hear a newborn baby cry What a relief What see the sky play this song first i mean some for obvious reasons look at the song right elvis presley sang it larry chance i mean come on the song is one of the greatest songs ever written and ever sung but now more than ever we all need to have something to believe in people are are really struggling and sad right now through what's going on and i just wanted to bring them a little bit of hope with your version because i'm going to tell you something Every version is beautiful and yours is absolutely gorgeous. Every every version is different in its own way, Mike. Thank you. I thank you. You know, that was uh, myself, Joe Neary, who is on uh, two of Dion's CDs with the top tenor, and uh, George Galford from the Mystics and Shelley Brill. And uh, the, the whole secret to a lot of the things that we did was the, uh, the um, inverted baritone falsetto of Joe Neary, who's one of the best in the business, who I knew in high school and then lost touch with him. And when I moved to Florida, there he was again. I was reunited with him. So, so you know, it was just a thrill to sing with Joe Neary again after knowing him and whatever, but he's, he's one of the best. And he adds uh, flavor to every everything that I've done with him. He shines. Amazing. Yes, he does. Yeah, Joe's a great guy, too. He, he... He's well liked in our business. He's this guy all the way around. I love him very much. Amazing. 
beautiful song, and I thank you for sending that one to me because it made my day. Thank you. And I know Kenny Brady does that in his act. Oh well, yes, oh yes. I stood next to him, next to him while he did it. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, um, that's he, he does that justice as well. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you a, a silly Ken Brady story, and then then I'll tell you a beautiful Larry Chan story. But Ken Brady, you know, I, listen, I'll be sixty, so I'm not that young, but I'm not that old. But I always said I was born too late. I should have been in a poodle skirt in the fifties. Okay, so. You know, I grew up with this. What do you think I am? Well, listen, no, because I, I know, right? But I but I wanted to be in a poodle skirt. I don't think you did. So um I get a phone call a few years back. It was the day after New Year's. I'm sitting in my office and I owned a poker league. I tell this story, everyone loves it. I owned a poker league called Ms. Night Owl Poker. I'm a poker player, blah, blah, blah. And I get a call from this gentleman and he says, Hi, Jerry Petito. And I said, yes, hi. And he says, hi. He said, Pablo Reyes gave me your phone number, and I'm Ken Brady from the original casinos. Well, I think poker, okay? So I said, oh, what poke? you know, what casino? And he goes, Sweet Pea, I've heard that before, and starts singing his song to me. Then you can tell me goodbye. I almost fell off the chair. I said, you're messing with me, right? He's like, and Cindy's in the background. It's him, it's him. And I'm like, you're kidding me. So anyway, long story short, I call my daughter. I'm like, you won't believe this. Do you know this song? She goes, Mom, the whole world knows the song. I'm like, well, he just called me. <laughs> so that was, that was my Ken Brady. And now, of course, we've and met. And then, no, he's yeah, never he told me goodbye, goodbye, baby. Listen, they've been here. I've been there. Oh, I love them. But now I'm going to tell you a beautiful Larry Chance story. And this is oh, I love beautiful. Larry. So, and, and you know this one, Stevie D. So um, last year, 2019, I was enshrined in the Internet International Hall of Fame for radio show host, right? And this is what happened. I got to hear what some of the judges from the different countries said, why they said yes. One of them, and it might have been Germany, if I'm not mistaken, he said, if Jerry Petito could get to interview Larry Chance from the Earls on the same station that they named their station after his song, Remember Then Radio? Guess what? Mm -hmm. She has to be in. So I can honestly say that Remember Then Radio and Larry Chance helped me get in. And I, I ha- and on, yeah, on my birthday, March 7th last year, it was the first time I got to hug the man. I got to meet him and hug him. So I love Larry Chance. And again, well, I love Larry RTR. Yep, Larry it was great. So, oh, yes, he's a good, he's a good hugger. So those are my yes, two great stories. Um, okay, so now, oh, see, Ken Brady saying he will never tell me goodbye. Never, Ken, never. You got to do a new song now. I will never <laughs> tell her goodbye. All right. So now, Jerry, I have, a good, I have a good Larry Chance story. Let's hear it. <laughs> All right. Now, my uncle Artie uh, Laureate was in the Earls for several years. And I met Larry in 1989 at UGHA, which was the United and Group Harmony Association uh, show in Schwetzen Park, New Jersey. And I come up there. Ronnie I introduces me to Larry out in front of the building. And I watched him pull up and everything. And I, you know, I said my... Uh, gave my regards to uh, Artie and everything, and I never met Larry Chance for the first time. Now, this is my first trip back east uh, from the, 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 since we had moved out in into the northwest uh, part of the country. So I uh, get introduced, and Larry's wearing a denim jacket, rodeo belt buckle, <laughs> cowboy boots, and denim jeans. And Ronnie says, this is uh, one of the youngest doo-wop uh, guys 
on the in the in the oldies market right now. He's from Oregon. And he looks at me and goes, They got doo wops up there. <laughs> I, go, I go, and I'm dressed I'm dressed in a polo shirt and slacks and loafers. I go, I says, the way you're dressed right now, pal, I says, You look like you just came from there. <laughs> and he squeezed me, shared a laugh, gives me a hug. And uh, I told him who I was and who I was related to, and he says, oh, great. So I was, that was a great time. Uh-huh. It was the first time I saw the Earls in several years, and that was the first time I actually got to meet him, and that was a great moment. I told Larry this story before, too, and he's been, he, he, he remembers it. I had pictures of this, too, but um, I don't know where they are, but um, yeah. I, I talked to Larry frequently you know, you know he's um, a great guy he's one of the stand-up guys in our business he really he was a he is a friend of one of my aunts out of staten island aunt nancy and she actually introduced me to him years ago you know over and he, i just love him just like everyone else you know always loved him grew up loving him so why don't we well, play something you will understand through this interview and mike will attest to this that mike and i and other guys, we're all in the same fraternity together. We all know each other. Yes. I mean, if we don't know each other personally, we know each other's reputations. That's so, right. So, that's right. And it's a, wonder, it's a wonderful fraternity to be in. Yes. It really is. Yes. Because we're all brothers in, in the same cause. So, I think we're going to play another song. And let's see. All right. So, let me find this one. Um, all right. So, this one is called this is the islanders and if i'm not mistaken because the name's not attached to this one i had to take some notes i think this one is baby pack so i hope so so we'll play it and then we'll talk baby about pack it on was the tune yeah. and it was written by ray Cerrone of the bell notes that sang i've had it and ray played that famous guitar riff that you hear in i've had it okay so i hope this is the one because the two from the islanders didn't have their name attached but i think this is the one you can never seem to agree to what i've got to say
great song, Mike. Tell us a little bit about this song. Yeah, a little background on that song. When I was in high school, uh, we formed a group called the Islanders, and we did uh, made our mark on the best of acapella on Relic Records. We had a bunch of cuts, but after that, we got signed by a man by the name of Gino Moretti to GMC Records, and Gino kept telling me all the time that he signed Connie Francis to MGM Records, and we were 19, 18 years old. We said, yeah, 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 blah, blah, blah. Fast forward all those years when I got very friendly with Connie and I interviewed Connie and we went to Connie's 80th birthday party. I said, Connie, a man named Gino Moretti kept telling me that he signed you to MGM Records and he was my manager when I was 19 years old. She said, oh my God, Gino, he signed me to MGM Records. I said, oh my God, I can't believe it. I was a cocky kid and I <laughs> was laughing at him at that point. He went, yeah, yeah, yeah. He introduced us to Jay Trainer, the original Jay and Americans at that time. And Jay wrote me a song which we never recorded. It was called Looking Out My Window. But that's another whole subject. This song was recorded at Mayfair Studios, written by Ray Cerrone, with the flip side, uh, where the lights are bright, with Maynard Ferguson's orchestra, 22 pieces. It started to climb a little bit, and then it fizzled. Now we fast forward all these years to now, and we find out that that 45 is a Northern Soul hit, and in some cases has gone for as much as $400. I don't think yes. you can buy a copy now. Oh. And we, you know, we didn't know that, uh, you know, until until the last couple of years, because uh, you know we kind of put it away in our minds because it it really didn't make much noise at at the time. But it's it's part of the legacy, you know. Oh my gosh, that's amazing! Yeah, it is yeah, really amazing. Uh, yeah, Stevie and I, Stevie and I are going to take the Islanders and we're going to put them out into the uh, into the troposphere again, and we're going to recreate all the Islanders tunes and re-release these two tunes, which really haven't been heard. By the, as a matter of fact, Baby Pack On, that's the first time that record has been played since 1966 on the radio. Oh, my goodness. On your radio. Well, the cool thing about the Islanders is uh, they were from the pioneer a cappella era from the, from the mid-60s. And they were one of the few groups that actually went into a studio and recorded with music. There's only a half a dozen groups from that era that were a cappella groups that recorded with music. And uh, Mike's group, the Islanders, is one of them. So that's a, that's a nice feat in itself, right there, you know. But this is a great Northern Soul record. This is this is really great. And uh, it took a while for us to clean it up, but we got it done, and it sounds fantastic. Any guesses as to where we lived? Uh, on the islands. <laughs> on the island. <laughs> You know, Long Long Island brings back nothing but great memories for me. I was born and raised in Long Island City, New York, moved to New Jersey in oh, seventh yeah, grade. Well. But my grandparents, who lived in my dad's apartment building, they then bought a house in Long Island, Shirley, Long Island. I think it was exit oh, 67 well. at the time, whatever. And we spent all our summers there. It was amazing. All right. How to say that? My guitar player lived in, uh, at one time, Richie Bauman lived lived in Shirley, Long Island. And I used to go from Manhasset and drive all the way out oh. to Shirley at 664. Oh, okay. If I'm right. And, and um, 
you know, it was a long ride home from rehearsal on a Tuesday night. Oh, I love that. Shirley Long Island, yay. So, um, Ken Brady is saying that, Mike, you are an incredible, incredible friend to have. So, there you go. And, 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 And the reverse is true as well. So, why don't I play the flip side of that? And I believe this one is where the lights are. Let's see, because hopefully I did this. Where the lights are bright. Where the lights are bright. I hope I did this correctly. Here we go, guys. You're out somewhere where the lights are bright. It doesn't seem fair I can't be fair With you Where the lights are bright Where the music's loud And the noise of the crowd Helps to drive out the sound Of the love we have You can't forget It's so hard to bear. I have to bear. Where the lights are bright, where the music's loud, and the noise of the crowd helps to drown out the sound of the love we have. We will both. But love is still there Take me there Where the lights are bright song so tell us about this mike well you know this song again was the flip side of baby pack on it was actually picked for the a side and uh baby pack on kind of inched it uh out you know uh for a while you know but it's still 22 piece orchestra maynard ferguson's orchestra with mike abeen his piano arranger arranging the music and it was a thrilling experience because we went in and, uh, you know, it was the first time in a big, big studio with a big band and, you know, the conductor pointed and we just went, the drummer dropped the stick, we had to start all over, <laughs> you know, there was that. And truth be told, we cut, I think, about four or six more sides in that session and I don't know where they are, I can't find Gino, I don't know if he's with us anymore. And, um, 
you know, that's that. If I had those other tunes that we did, you know, I'd, I'd be happy. But I, we were glad to salvage this. Uh, the secret was we found the cleanest copy we could. I had one hidden away in a jukebox. We took it to a studio and we had it digitalized and we, you know, transferred from the record player to, you know, digital. And then we cleaned it up and we worked on it a little bit. And uh, I thought we did pretty well because most of the records were pretty crackly and crunchy at this point. You know? <laughs> now, now, some collectors like that, but I personally like them as clean as possible. But, I mean, that's just the way the the way things are but and it turned out great i mean you can't tell the difference in the recording no i, I think it came out pretty good too now stevie said that was a fast record but i want to tell you stevie there's only two speeds in life you know what they are <laughs> yeah fast and slow fast and half fast <laughs> i got that yeah i love that yes okay Jerry said i could say that that's right the only word we can use yes well, I, I have a question. I don't think this has ever been asked to, to Mike before. Maybe it has. I don't I don't know. Now, uh, how did you guys, uh, as, as the Islanders, I mean, how did you get together and what uh, made you decide to be a vocal group, uh, sans, uh, sing a cappella? I'm going to tell you how. I had a band called The Motions. It was three guys at Herrick's High School, all right, which okay. is in New Hyde Park, the same town that, a very, very, very big DJ lives in. I won't say his name because I don't want people to know where he lives. But uh, think, think of the, think of the biggest duo DJ that you know. And we used to, get, we used to get together on Herrick's Road um, and Hills, Hillsborough Avenue, Hills, Hillside Avenue. There was a big strip mall, and there was a Miles shoe store window that was like a little alcove and when you got all the way into the corner the echo was superb so guys from every town used to come there albertson mineola new high park manhasset and we'd all meet and i remember these guys uh, tommy jackalone tommy lysat russ kivitiski uh you know all all of these guys and we'd all sing we kind of broke off into groups at that point you know um, originally when I got with the Islanders, um, there was, uh, Tommy Jackalone, Jimmy Hanley, whose son is Jason is now the historian for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Howie Marr and Jimmy Ponticelli. Well, Jimmy left the group early on and then I took Jimmy's place as the first tenor. So, you know, in that group. So Right, right in the Miles uh, Shoe Store alcove window after they closed, uh, because it wasn't just us about New York, Queens, Brooklyn, whatever. We were also singing in the street corners and in the alcoves on Long Island too. I find it very interesting because uh, Long Island is, you know, it's kind of far out, away from the city, yeah. uh, the inner city uh, vocal group scene, especially in the late '60s when you had. Um, the black social consciousness of uh, soul music and Motown coming forth, and then the British invasion, and here, just four or five guys in a in a place that's not in one of the five boroughs singing street corner harmony. Yeah, and 
know, I get it. Now, if you were like me, when my parents used to go for a ride, when my, me and my little brother, my parents would get into the car. It was only AM radio. They listened to Patty Page. They listened to, uh, you know, pretty much this straight middle-of-the-road stuff. Right. I used to beg my father to push it towards the end of the dial to WWRL, and for some reason, when I was a young kid, my ear caught the group harmony stuff, and when my mother threw a transistor into my little youth bed, you know, to, to keep me busy and keep me from whining, I found the end of the dial, and so, yeah, I was listening to the Kalen twins, but I also was listening to the harp tones and the dubs, yeah. and, the shells, and I was... Yeah. Five, six years old, and my ear caught that. So when I was 10, 11, 12, I knew all of the lyrics to all of those songs, and I didn't know how they got in there. Wow. And it's, you know, but I knew, I knew them all. And, and so, you know, and the other thing about this music, and Stevie knows it, you could be the greatest singer in the world. You could take four great singers and put them in a room. They might not blend. It takes a certain four guys... To, to, to blend, and you have to have a feel for this music to sing it. There are a lot of guys right. with great voices that cannot sing R&B doo-wop because they just don't, they're not there. They, they, it's, it's, either, it's either within you or it's not. It's a sixth sense that we Wow. And you can't teach anybody to sing it. They just, <laughs> they, they, it has to be in there. It's a feeling that you have. You possess it. It's in your soul. And your inner ear is connected definitely to your sixth sense to enable yourself to sing group harmony like this. You know, it's not only hear the changes, you know, and, and, and you can't, you know, really good. I was on a, a cruise one time and one of the acts, the drummer was asleep in his room. And I jumped on stage with uh, Les Couchy, Freddie Ferrara, uh, BJ, uh, of of the dubs at that point and uh one other person who i don't remember maybe jimmy rosica from the bridge and i we did 25 or 30 minutes of acapella <gasps> i sang all the leads and i had the dream team behind me i still have pictures of it and because all we did was call them out i said let's do sunday kind of love you hit the first note, everybody chimes in because they because they hear it. Right. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to go in the corner for five minutes and learn it. You're already there. Well, and that's well, what you know. Once once you're once you're there, you know there's there's nothing that you can't do. You just chime off and you sing it. Well, I have to wait. I want to say something first. Wait, Stevie, I have to say this because of what we're talking about. Um, acapella. Okay, so. It's my favorite across the world. It's my favorite. Okay. To me, if you have that voice, there's nothing better and you don't need the music. Okay. That's number one. Number two, I always put my entertainers on the spot and I will do that with the both of you as well and say, hit us with a little acapella. So you guys can think about when you want to do it, but it's going to happen today. And, and Stevie, before you ask the next question, write it down so you don't forget, because I think this is incredibly appropriate. I want to surprise everyone with a song, including you. Okay. Oh, that's, 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 that
talking to the pros absolutely and stevie d i thought that song was so appropriate for what we were just talking about tell us about it well you know i collected that record when i was 14 years old it's originally on the loot label by the uptones and that was a song that i'm attracted to certain types of group harmony songs they really have to knock me out and that was one of them and um i wanted to recreate that as best as i could um, when I went into the studio and recorded it. And how I, my approach is, I did all the parts myself. So my approach is I break the song down to the bare minimum and rebuild it from the ground up. So where some people will, and some artists will copy a song, I individually take each part and learn it appropriately and then rebuild the song to make it back and try to recreate it to the best of my ability. And... Um, this is very difficult to do. It's not an easy task to do, especially when you do it by yourself. It would be easier to coach three or four of the guys and put them on their pitch to sing harmony and then teach them the arrangement. But sometimes you just can't teach the arrangement if you have a specific signature style that you're used to. So what I did was broke it down, rebuilt it, and... I didn't even sing the lead all the way through when I recorded it. I sang a piece of it, and then I laid down all the vocal parts one by one, and then came back and punched through and did the lead at the end. Well, I, I do two different approaches usually. I, I Sometimes I'll sing the lead first on one track, and then I'll put the arrangements underneath of it, the harmonies, but sometimes I don't. It just depends on the song. 
Well, since we are talking to the pros here today, hit me with a 10-second acapella. Come on, Stevie I got, D. I got something for you, Stevie. Yeah? Can you hear this chord? Wait. Yes. Do it. awesome because you guys did it here on RTR on the Jerry Petito show. How about that? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. We sang in different rooms together. I don't care, yeah. baby. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you for doing that because listen, all we hear is incredible. That's all we hear. You know, we're just like, oh my gosh, they're doing it. <laughs> so, all right. So let's play another song. All right. I'm going to hit you with this one. All right. I'm going to hit you with this. I'm going to surprise you guys and then we'll talk about it. Here we go. I love 
loving baby, and I know it's true. I tell everybody too. Whoa, come squeeze me, baby, and hold me tight. Incredible, guys. So tell us about this song. Okay. Well, first of all, I got to say that Speedo became one of my best friends. And believe it or not, one of the pictures that I took of Speedo was actually sitting on the easel in front of his coffin when they had his funeral. And Paulette and I were invited to his funeral, but we couldn't go. And I did Speedo's last interview, but I also called him while he was in the nursing home uh, and he told me they wanted to remove my leg, but I, I wouldn't let him. And I'm going to get out of here and I'm going to get back on stage and whatever. And, and of course, we know that he didn't. But I actually recorded him in the nursing home, unbeknownst to him, believe it or not. Aww. So I not only have a, an interview before that, but I also have an interview of him just in his last days saying how badly he wanted to get back on stage. And that's one of the Cadillac songs of so many that he did, you know, and, and the thing about Speedo is that they remember him for the fast songs that he made, but Speedo also was one of the best ballad singers that we had in this genre, you know, when he sings, the girl I love, you know, yeah. and, and the whole uh. room opens up, you know, with that big smile, you know, that's, that's Speedo. But anyway... This was one of the cuts that I did where it was all me, overdubbed, and I called it Michael and the Dreams at that time. And I sent that stuff to Don K. Reed. He played some of it uh, on on the radio. um, Zoom is one of them street corner corner songs that uh, groups attracted themselves to, to to either warm up or to put into their repertoire. Because it was, it's a zippy song. I mean, it's a fast, doo-wop-y song that, makes people smile when they sing it, you know? And this is one, this is, this is one of my favorite arrangements, actually. And one of the interesting things about it is that if you listen to this record on the bridge, whoever singing the top tenor doesn't sing it straight. They go... Instead of singing... Instead of singing that line... Well, uh, the, the Cadillacs were—they they had, they had jazz influences, so they threw in some funny chords in a lot of this stuff. Yeah, and I try to put that in that version, and it makes it different. Now, you know, most groups just—you know—they don't have that guitar chord arranging head. They sing it straight ahead, you know. But if yeah. you really listen inside, I'll give you another story. I was. When Gene Pitt used to come down to Florida, I had my torpedoes, and when they just brought Gene, I would have my guys, uh, you know, sing background for them. It was yeah. usually Joe Neary and uh, Joel Starr and uh, Lenny Citron from uh, Beetle and the Salutations. And so we're in the uh, hotel room with Gene, and <laughs> he says, uh, <laughs> first of 
Well, I took out the pitch pipe. I said, let's go over some tunes. He said, put that damn thing away, man. He says, pitch pipe, what the hell is that? He says, here's an F. And he goes, you know. So we said, let's go over happy man. So we went, whoop, be doop, be doop, be doop. Woo! He says, nah, I nah, love nah. that. <laughs> that was on the I said, what? He says, it's whoop, beedoop, 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 beedoop. And I said, I never heard that. He says, well, that's how it goes. <laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh, you're making my day. He was great. He was great, man, because he taught me. He taught me everything when I was a kid. Stevie was very friendly with Gene. Oh, you guys are making my day with that. So I want to just yeah. give a shout out, DJ Alex, Alex Augustine, another superstar. He is in the house as well. Awesome, Alex, man. everybody, I know everybody, and Alex knows more than everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yes, does. So that's yes. how it works. So we thank you for being here. This is great. So Alex Augustine actually moved to a small town in New Jersey that no one's ever heard of that I went to high school in, Allentown, New Jersey. Are you kidding me? Five minutes from me. So I surprised him uh, and his wife. They were at this local restaurant for, for their one of their birthday dinners over the summer. And I surprised him. And me and my friends got there early. And we said to the okay. owners, yeah, you have to put us close to their table. They're su- he's a superstar. And they were all going crazy. Yes. You're talking about Alex Augustine. Yes. I Alex's voice pretty good. You know, uh, <laughs> Jerry, I, I've, I've sang with everybody. I don't have any money, but I, I don't have any gold records, but I sang with everybody. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's how he talks. I, I called him up one time. Oh, my I God. I called him up one time. I was talking to him in his own voice. He goes, who is this? I go, it's Alex. He's like, no, it isn't. He's <laughs> cracking <laughs> up. <laughs> that's great. All right, that I was don't awesome. I many voices, but I do his really good. Oh, my gosh, Stevie, that was perfect. <laughs> Allie is cracking up in there. They're all laughing. I'm sorry, Allie. He loves sorry, it. Allie. Are you I kidding me? He loves it. Oh, that's funny. All right, so I want to um, give a shout out to someone who's very close to you and I. Okay, so we're going to. Um, I have a little surprise, okay, for Ken Brady. So I want to play this song because we love him. Hold on, and we love him. Kiss me each morning for a million years Hold me each evening at your side Tell me you love me for a million years Then if it don't work out If it don't work out Then you can tell me goodbye Sweeten my coffee with a morning kiss Soften my dreams with your sigh Tell me you love me for a million then if it don't work out, if it don't work out, then you can tell me 
so that we can say we tried. Tell me you love me for a million years. Then if it don't work out, if it don't work out, then you can tell me. That was amazing. Let's talk about Ken Brady, and then you can tell me goodbye for a minute here. It's a great song. I love this song. It's amazing. What do you think? I think that it was written by John D. Lattermilk, and I met John D. Lattermilk Jr. in in Boca a few years ago and um, talked about it with him. Amazing. So that's for you, Ken Brady. We love you. So now... Do you guys want to talk about something else before I play another one of your songs? Well, I was going to say that, uh, you know, when I got with Harmony Street, I was lucky enough to have three girls that all had perfect pitch. And to have three girls like that backing you up and a solid bass singer, you know, what else What else could there be? It was, it was like, you know, I died and went to heaven. But... I will tell you that they kept me honest because when you have three girls backing you up, you got to take everything, you know, everything is inverted. So, you know, I had to be up there on my tippy toes and as much rehearsing and, and shows as we did, I was at, I was at my best. And, and, you know, I look back at some of that stuff and I put some of it on and I try to sing to it. And, uh, you know, it's fun to watch. <laughs> it's more fun to listen to. So, my, my vocal my vocal group, The Emerald Dreams, is heavily influenced by Harmony Street. I have, I have female singers in my group, too. And I understand what Mike says. And they, oh. they add a different dynamic to the whole sound. My girls used to get on stage in front of, like, 1,600 people, and they used to say, you know, we have three times of the month in this group, and we take it all out on him. <laughs> so, you know, you know what I'm hearing, right? I'm a female DJ. Yeah. You know what I'm hearing? I'm hearing... You know, the woman is mm, schmata. I mean, I, that's just what I heard. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Oh, well, let me, well, let me tell you. I, here's, here's a story. We were supposed to sing the National Anthem at Chase Stadium on a Mother's Day, okay? And th- at the last, and we were supposed to do a 25-minute show on the National Anthem at Chase Stadium, okay? And we get a phone call a week before Mother's Day saying, the owners of the Mets said so-and-so is is in town you're only doing the show you're not doing the anthem and the girls linked their arms and they said you tell Vito Vitiello of the Mets we're not showing up and I said Vito if they say they're not showing up they're not you know what he said to me I get it I'll make it up to you we didn't go Mother's Day what happened was at the end of the year the Mets made the playoffs we sang the anthem the week after or the day after boys to men okay we did a 25 minute show and the anthem I still have it on video and the girls were right they held their ground amazing and the Mets caved <laughs> amazing so it's true true story so let's play something of Harmony Street here we go Recall how it used to be Remember all 
about this song is so beautiful okay one thing i just noticed is we made two different endings with that song one ending on a major chord and one ending on a major seventh and we opted to to end it with the major seventh chord stevie knows what i'm talking about and alex knows what i'm talking about so there's that this song was written when i was on uh um summer break
break from my deanship in the Bronx at 127 uh, Castle Hill Junior High School, where where I had Jennifer Lopez in the eighth and ninth grade, by the way, but that's a secret. She doesn't cop to that too much anymore. That she, she says she went to Catholic school the whole time. But anyway, so I, I wrote that. I was out on the deck and whatever, you know, and uh, we were lucky to have recorded that. The secret to that song is the fact that you have three girls in the background who were just open, open, open. The other part of the song is Chaz Yakuzi, who was the sax player for the Ramrods that did Ghost Riders in the Sky, who lived in Danbury, where we lived, and um, he used to work out with us every once in a while. And um, I wrote that sax line, and he kept playing it, playing it on every good microphone, and I said, no, 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 no. And then finally I said, you know what, I got an idea. We took the SM58 microphone, Alex knows what I mean, and uh, Stevie knows what I mean. We plugged it in. He blew the sax part into the SM58. We said, there it is, the 50s the fifties sound that we're looking for. I think one of the secrets to that song is is that weepy sax line that comes twice in the song. And uh, I, you know, every time I listen to it, I like it. So, amazing. <laughs> you know. That's amazing. That's one of the big hooks in this song is the saxophone part. Amazing, amazing. Yeah. I love it. As a matter of fact, uh, um, how this project came together in, uh, originally, uh, Don Benoni, a mutual friend of ours, uh, Don had called me and says, I have a group that is looking to, to record, and would you take an interest in them? And so he put me in contact with Mike, and Mike had sent me some stuff, uh, Michael in the Dreams. Then he sent me a couple of live takes of Harmony Street. I'm like, wow, you guys are just fantastic. And that's pretty much the catalyst of what, how it started and how we, we developed the project that we put out. We made a lot of noise. We did have another mutual friend, by the way, which, which was like a triangle because I was up in Connecticut and Stevie was out west, but the last part of the triangle was Frankie Iavino, who deserves mention because Frankie had so much to do with this genre. And of course he died, you know, a few years ago, but not enough people mentioned Frank Iavino's name because he was such an an important part of of, uh, this genre, putting groups together, singing with groups, uh, knowing the music. Uh, If you came down to Florida, and you sang the music. If you didn't go to the Five Boroughs rehearsal uh, at Frankie's house, you were you were nobody. It was like being on, on the do-up shop. You had to go to Frankie Avino's <laughs> house to rehearse with them. Oh. And sometimes they had 25 guys singing in the, in the kitchen, uh, you know, at one of the rehearsals. Oh. Yeah, been there, done that. Matter of so fact, guys from Frankie. different groups. It was like the Florida version of being on the doo-wop shop. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he was the godfather of South Florida doo-wop. Amazing. Sure. That was a great story. Uh, learned a lot from Frankie Iovino. He's one of my mentors. I and love it. I can't thank him enough. Uh, God rest his soul. Oh, I love it. He's still missed. So I got another surprise for you, Stevie D. Here we go, baby. Are you holding down to Just why you are 
Awesome, Stevie. Tell us about that. Oh, thank you. Um, that was originally done by a group out of Tennessee called the Del Rios, and it didn't see the light of day. And they did make other recordings, but this one was unreleased, and it was brought to my attention by Pete Giacconi. He said, I think he'd be perfect singing this song. So I took it, and I broke it down and arranged it and went in the studio. It's the last recording I made, and that was a year ago. And I really love this song, and I have it a version with the music track to it as well. This is obviously the acapella version, which you can really hear the nice changes in the chord structure of the song, which is really, really cool. And it was when you sing. Yeah. Before COVID. Yeah, before COVID. Yeah, exactly. Before was... everybody's mind got messed up. Amazing. Like, no, hey, Amazing. You're right. It will get better. And you know what, Stevie? When I hear you sing, I, I'm blown away at your voice. No, Stevie's high notes have high notes. It's crazy. <laughs> I'm blown away at your voice. Let's, let's just pray to God that I can keep those high notes. I've been having trouble lately. But oh, I quit smoking, but who am I? All right, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. um, all right, so now I want to play So Much In Love because this is such a great song, and then we'll talk about it, Mike. Here we go. As okay. we scroll along together holding hands walking all alone so in
So cool. So well, when you got you got three girls with perfect pitching, it's hard to do that. That's right, baby. My, my ribs. Ellen used to stand next to me, Ellen Pacelli, and she used to elbow me in the ribs, you know, and, and she put her chin up like, "Get it up there, guy." Yeah, and my ribs were always sore at the end of the night, you know. She was like the heck out of me, you know, to to to, to really stay in the bullseye, you know. Right. You know, I had a girl um, my dad perfect bitch too, and it was the same, basically the same thing. It would drive her nuts that he was singing a little flat, a little chalk. Right. And it really helped us a lot too. She was like a human tuning fork. It really, yeah. really, it really embellished our sound. You know, and it's you know, it's a rarity to have somebody with perfect pitch. Um, you know, Alex Augustine is saying something profound and he's right. He's saying it's interesting when you hear stories, especially of the past of ones who lived it, you know, um, and that's the truth. That's the truth. 
So, you know, when, when I do my interview show, and Alex will agree to this, it's much easier to do an interview with somebody that you worked with a hundred times, you know, because you can say, hey, you, you know, uh, Lenny, remember the time you fell off the stage? And Lenny, remember the time you backed up into the bass drum? Or remember the time your mic went dead? You know, those are real inside stories that's not just about where did you live and how did you start? You know, it's like inside your pocket kind of colonoscopy interview oh that's so funny that is so funny all right so um real quick stevie before i play this next tune um babaloo wants you to give him a taste on gloria so what do you want to say about that i i can try it i can do my best i guess let me see here um all right Listen to me. If that's if that if you think that's not incredible, something you need to listen to you again, Babalu. That was for you, baby. Awesome. Oh wow. Here on Remember Then Radio. Oh my god. Out of here. We love it. Incredible. All right. So I want to play. I'll be seeing you, and then we'll talk about it. Okay, Mike. Here we go. is new 
about this well you know every once in a while i figured i'd reach back and try to grab a 40s tune and do it the way it was supposed to be done and and when i started doing it then i wound up doing a whole bunch of it i do i have one song that i do that is uh, a tune that's not usually heard uh that much and it's a song called you've changed <clears throat> and I also have a recording on that, which is going to be, if I could take one second, sure. on a um, three-CD extravaganza oh. called Mike Miller invites you to take a stroll with him on Harmony Street, produced by uh, Street Corner Entertainment and Harmony Street Productions, which is is about 80 of the tunes that I've recorded over the years in three different cassettes, excuse yeah. me, three different CDs. Right, and volume one is going into the plant very soon. Well, you so know, we're really excited about it. I want to say this then, listen, usually around a quarter of, I'll tell everyone to tell everyone how to reach out to them. What? Let's do that now, because I have two more songs that I'm going to be able to play. I'm so happy about that. So why don't we take the time now, um, Mike, say whatever it is you'd like to say to everyone out there, you know, promote the crap out of you right now and then we'll have Stevie D. Hey, this is what I have to say. If you love this music as much as I do, then you will continue to play it, rub it all over yourself, search out the DJs that are really putting so much time into it, like Jerry Petito, like Stevie, like myself, like Alex, and and that's where you can find this music. Yes, it isn't on terrestrial radio that much anymore, but there are people that are putting in hours and hours and hours of time and effort to bring you that music, and it's there. A lot of people don't understand, you know, and they say, oh, where can I find it? Where is it? And even during COVID, if, they're not, if you're not going to the shows, the music is all out there. As a matter of fact, just uh, hook your computer on to remember then radio and let it go all day, you know, and then and then uh, you don't have to worry about it. And while you're going through your day, because most of us are home, just let it uh, perforate through the room. That's what I yeah. have to say. And anybody who's a Harmony Street fan, how are you? I love you. And I'm glad to be a tiny little grain of sand on a big, beautiful beach with a lot of talent. But at least I made it to the beach. And tell them, tell them when your show is and all that. Tell them when your show is and everything. Oh, my show is on a, well, it's on a lot of different feeds. Uh, I don't listen to it, so I'm not sure what time it's on and when. But, but I I will tell you that it's out there if you just Google Harmony Street. It'll, it'll go to my website, which is www.harmonystreet.com. Biz. You'll also see the show that I do with Amanda Cohen. We, we do a 90-minute uh, uh, show called uh, Harmony Street with Mike Miller and Amanda Cohen. And if you want to get in touch with me, it's harmonystreet at yahoo.com, and I'll talk to anybody. Beautiful. Stevie D, baby. Come on. Well, 
Well, Mike's uh, trilogy is coming out on Street Corner Entertainment over the course of this uh, of 2021. Uh, the first one's coming out very soon. Um, and you can reach me at streetcornerentertainment.com. Um, streetcornerent1000 at gmail.com is my email. Um, you can call me direct. I take calls. I have no secretary. It's 702-765-7655. And I, uh, I take, I'm taking pre-orders for this CD. It's great. It's fantastic. And I take orders for all the other products that we have as well. Beautiful. So I'm really, I'm really, really thrilled. I mean, this is a full, this is coming, this is like a, uh, a circle that came full circle for me because this is the second time in my career I've worked with Mike on, on a project. Beautiful. I'm going to change. I mean, we're also going to recreate the Islanders as well at, at one yeah. point. So that's, you know, we're going to give them life again as well. So, well, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to do something a little different here. I usually try to close with one of my poems. We're going to play two more songs. We're going to close with both songs. Um, I want to read a poem and, and there's a, a very sad reason why a friend of mine is on critical um, she's actually on life support. She's my age and she tried to commit suicide two days ago. Um, everyone is sad and depressed and there have been so many cases like that this past year. So I want to read a poem hoping that it can give someone out there who needs a little bit of hope right now, some hope. It's called put down the gun. And I wrote this. I had to have this purple gun just in case my life was done. I kept it safe locked in my room because I was filled with gloom and doom. Yes, there were times that I just knew if I loaded it up what I could do. But I kept on hearing that gentle voice, put down that gun, you have that choice. Life may seem hard at the end of the day. That's when you need to really pray. Dear Father, I beg you to show me the truth. How can life be so bad when I'm only a youth? Get rid of that gun and go take a shower. Ask someone for help. You do have that power. So I just want to tell everyone out there, if anyone out there is struggling, please know that just give it to God. Call a friend, call a family member, get in touch with me. Okay. It, it doesn't have to be that bad. Okay, guys, just had to say it. So I think we have chords for that. I just had to say it. Okay, baby. Yes. Yes. Um, so now on a happier note, um, I was just compelled to read that at that time. So on a happier note, I want to do another little, um, here we go. Another little surprise for Stevie. Here we go, baby.
Absolutely beautiful. So tell us a little bit about that song. Well, this song was originally done by a group called the Silvertones from Pittsburgh on the Joey label, which is a very rare record. And um, this this particular arrangement, I mean, this really epitomizes street corner harmony. It really does. I mean, you, I mean, right from the get go, right out of the gate, um, with the bass and the tenor and the floating falsetto and everything. And uh, this is currently unreleased. I haven't released it yet. I plan on. I did this with music as well. Um, I like the acapella version better um, because it really epitomizes, as I said, the, the whole feel of the genre. You know, it's a real street corner sounding song. And that's you know pretty much my mo in this business. I like to do songs that aren't heard of that often. You know, I mean, I like to sing the hits like everybody else, but you know, some some songs just like this. You have to dust off and let them shine a little bit, you know. Uh, and that, and that's that. That was one of them for sure. Oh my gosh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and I did all the parts. I sang every vocal part on that. Amazing, amazing. So and all I right. Think part harmony. So and so does Mike. We 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 have a head for arrangements. Beautiful, yeah. absolutely beautiful. So I have one more song to play, "Town Without Pity." And then Mike will talk about it, okay? You got it. Love it. Uh, Stevie, I love you, man. That was beautifully said. Hold on, guys. Here we go. So only those in love know what a town. 
time where I say my thank yous. First of all, um, first and foremost, again, RTR, I want to thank Angel and Steve for this incredible platform. I want to thank all my listeners. I want to thank everyone in the chat room hanging out. I want to thank all the musicians and DJs because we know who the essential workers have been through this trying year, but you guys also are. Because so many people have been homebound and you have just helped them tremendously stay happier and healthier through this trying time. So I want to thank all of you. I want to thank my two incredible guests, my superstar guest, Mike Miller, my incredible guest co-host, Stevie D. You guys rock. 
This was such a great show. Well, you're a, I learned something, Jerry. You're a beautiful, wonderful person. And, yes. um, you know, I hadn't spent that much time with you, you know, previously, but now having spent two solid hours with you, you're, you're just beautiful, wonderful, terrific. You're a, you're a, a, a person person, oh, if you know what I mean. Oh. And, and that's and that's wonderful. Thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you're you're an excellent uh, host. You know how to bring it out, bring the best out of uh, somebody you are interviewing, which is great. You know, oh, and it's just you. like it's, it's just like a couple of people talking in the living room having coffee. Well, know? that's I mean, the way it should be. That's how yeah. it has to be for me. I can never do pre. I do some pre-recorded, but mine have to be live. I'm a people person. I need this interaction. You guys oh, are you awesome. You guys are awesome. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Thank you, sweetheart. So yeah, thank you. I want to thank everybody out there. And I'm going to uh, play. I have a um, song. I have a, sh- a, sh- a, sh- a song for my radio shows that I play for other networks. And you know what? I'm going to have a little bit of fun. We're going to close with my song here. It's called... Uh, Well, you'll hear it because it's funny, but it's real. And before I play it again, I have to get this out there to everyone in need. Please, please don't feel alone through any of what's happening. Please reach out to someone if you need help. Everyone is struggling. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Someone out there will listen. Okay. So I want to say thank you to everyone again. And here we go. We're going to close out with my theme song. Here goes, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, Jerry Petito. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. And in time, this too shall pass. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. Jerry Petito taught the class. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. Loves the answer, the greener grass. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. One day at a time, free at last. When you don't know just what to do. Just what to do, just what to do. If what you're feeling is really true. It's really true. Really true. Just keep your ideas safe and sound. Safe and sound, safe and sound. That's exactly how change is found. Change is found, change is found. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. And in time, this too shall pass. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. Jerry Petito taught the class. I'm not an addict.